0: Thank you for joining us on The Coaching Podcast. As part of the SIN Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Sinasi. Welcome to The Church Planter Coaching Podcast. Uh, for the SIN Network, I'm Dino Senesi. I'm the coaching director. With me today is Jamie Lomato, who is hey, also hey. with NAM and uh, one of our coach developers. And Jamie's probably been in your city or near your city working with coaches. Uh, you might have benefited from a coach that Jamie's helped develop in the, in the NAM process. And uh, so we thank God for his leadership. He is the uh, pastor and church planter of Aletheia, Norfolk, Virginia. And so glad to have him today. And also via the miracle of Zoom and the internet, that's what we call it in Tennessee, it's actually the internet. and <laughs> The uh, internets, <laughs> so plural. So is, is, uh, is Clint Clifton, Sin City Missionary uh, and uh, pastor of Pillar Church. Uh, and so uh, Clint, welcome.
1: Hi there. Thank you very much for having me, Dino.
0: Yeah, glad to have you and just enjoying talking to you, enjoying hearing your story. Uh, A serial church planter who started this in his teenage years and uh, is still uh, not only planting himself, but God's using him to multiply planters. Uh, literally all over the world. And so we're, we're, we're great, grateful for that and grateful for having him. And he is also the author of the book uh, Thresholds, uh, his church, uh, book, book about church planting. And we're going to talk to in one specific, dig deeper in, in one specific area of thresholds uh, today. Uh, but Clint, tell us a little bit about the uh, journey to write a book. Some people are always curious what that's like. And I know that was your first. So what was the fun and what was the not fun of writing Thresholds?
1: Well, I don't remember anything fun about it. It was awful, uh, to be honest with you. I'm like, I'm the least academic guy uh, in, in this business, and um, man, it was just not my cup of tea. But, um, but I, I do believe in uh, capturing ideas. I've been helped by resources and books so much in my journey that I felt like uh, – I felt like I, I had something to say. And I think that's what should motivate somebody to, to write anything is, uh, you know, there's, there's the sort of selfish ambition to, to be heard. uh, But um, I, I really felt like I had something to say. Uh, I had a contribution to make uh, with the experiences that I'd had. So that's, that's what compelled me to do it.
0: Well, and, and, and just, just one of the most incredibly practical uh, books on church planting that you'll ever see is, is is thresholds just tons of valuable information and very clearly clearly written easy to follow uh, and so it's 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 really incredible and I'm grateful for you I'm glad you did it I remember when I was there in two thirteen you were doing it so you what did you yes. say took t- took you five years you said.
1: It, t- it took me five years. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really uh, started as just my coaching of church planters and trying to capture the things I was telling them. And then it, it, uh, eventually those church planters were that I was helping were planting other churches and they would, you know, call me and say, Hey, remember that stuff you talked to me about? Like write that down anywhere. And I would send them my scraps of notes and stuff. And, uh, and, uh, uh, that happened enough that I started saying, Okay, maybe this is helpful to people, you know, and uh, and started putting it together. I was one
2: of those church planners uh, who would sit across the desk from him and he just had scraps of paper everywhere. (laughs) So I'm definitely a recipient of the wisdom and knowledge of that.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, well, and and the particularly uh, where we're where we're going on the coaching in is is we want our coaches as we develop them, and, and and we got guys developing coaches in cities all over. That's that's no longer us developing developing them, but we want them to understand that their purpose is to walk alongside a church planter and help them. Their purpose is not to manipulate the planter nor yell at the planter, uh, but they're there to help them pursue their unique kingdom assignment. in in context. Uh, So the center of the coaching relationship is not the coach, but it's the planter. So to continue to understand the unique challenges that a planter faces is vital and to care and to be compassionate. I even think back on uh, Scott Thomas and he tells his journey into coaching and gospel coach, but also in a, in a document about uh, challenges church planters face that, that God put on his heart that, that, a, that a planter needs a shepherding coach that cares for his soul and, and that cares, cares for what's really happening in his life. So we say, Clint, we're not church plant coaches. We are church planter coaches focusing really in on the per- person to serve him, to care for him, to challenge him, and as you said in previous podcasts, to make him accountable for what he's actually yeah. actually doing. And so, so what caught my attention in your book, one thing is your Expectations Worksheet because uh, you created something to help planters themselves uh, create proper expectations and manage the expectations. Could you tell us the story of the Expectations Worksheet?
1: Yeah, well, the when people ask me, what's the hardest part of church planting? I, I always answer the hardest part of church planting is your own expectations will assault you. Uh, all, all the way through the first few years of planting. And so let me go back to my story just briefly. Jamie has a real similar story to mine in terms of those expectations. But but everybody says church planting's hard, it's difficult, it's challenging. But when you're like me, uh, 24, young, I thought I was gonna be a fantastic church planter. Mm-hmm. I, I had no indicators telling me I was not going to be the best ever. So uh, in my youthful arrogance, you know, smooshed any idea that I might have some challenges or need some help. That that pushed me to uh, ignore instruction. It pushed me to ignore coaching and advice. It pushed me to just, and so, sort of the same thing that compelled me to go out to plan. The, that inward sense that God could use me, all I need is me and Jesus. God could use me to do something great in this world. That is the same thing that that caused me not to listen to anybody else around me, and um, and so in church planters, really good, aggressive, committed church planters, often, especially if they're really young, they often um, they will jump through the hoops that are put in front of them to receive funding or get to whatever goal they want to get to but they don't actually their hearts don't receive instruction now after you're beat up for three or four years planting your heart is now ready to receive instruction (laughs) and you're ready to ask questions and it's amazing that's how the that's how the lord does it i mean and so i always tell guys that the hardest thing will be the expectations that you have right now, and the hardest thing about your expectations is that you don't even know what they are. So I was trying to create a tool to help a planter, before he plants, identify his expectations so at least he knew how ridiculous they were.
2: I got you. That's awesome. And and Clint, how, how have you seen that worksheet and helping church planters think through their expectations? How have you seen that help them?
1: Well, uh, with the way we use the expectations worksheet is we, we, uh, have the planter do it at the beginning of his residency with, with, with our church. So when he's about a year out from planting or holding public worship services, he does, he sees this for the first time and it asks questions like, um, uh, tell me, you know, we basically say on the worksheet, what, what will be true a year from now, um, a year from the time you plant. And he says, yeah, my family will settle into a normal rhythm. Is that true? Yeah. My family will uh, be excited about the work that we're doing. Yeah. I'll feel fulfilled in the work I'm doing. Yeah. So he checks all these things that he thinks these will certainly be true. And then we hold that worksheet until their one year anniversary and we go back. And so we tell them, I, you're gonna be wrong about a lot of your expectations. And then we go back at the end of that year um, and, and we say, okay, what's true now? What's true right now, one year after planting? And they usually um, have far fewer check marks on the sheet, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: I think back uh, in your book, you give an example, and then you gave me another example personally, uh, I think via text, but uh, tell me some examples of of how this looks when a planter, for example, in attendance, you had a story about uh, church planters' expectations.
1: Oh, yeah. I think the one that you're referencing is um, I remember having a meeting with two church planters in the same day. It was like a 10 o'clock coffee and a 12 o'clock lunch, two different planters. These guys didn't know each other. And uh, in the first meeting with the planter, I asked the question, uh, what happens if a year from now you have 75 people in your team? Like, how do you respond? And he said, man, that would be awesome. If I had 75 people, he was like, that would be incredible. I would just like worship the Lord if I had (laughs) 75 people. And I said, okay, great. That's good to know. Thanks. And I, I just recalled that question at my lunch meeting thinking, Oh, I wonder what this guy would say to that question. And I asked the other guy now he'd come from a different context. He was older. He was more, more mature. He, um, he had worked in a, in an extremely large church and had a prominent position in that church. And I asked him the same question, what would happen if you had 75 people at the end of next year? And he'd said, without even thinking, he said, I would quit. And, uh, and I just thought, man, how different those responses were, you know? And I, 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 I would have bet a large portion of my retirement account the guy would not have 75 people at the end of next year, just in terms of my assessment of his capacity. And so it was, it was just real interesting to see those expectation gaps.
0: Jamie, from your seat on the bus, because mm-hmm. uh, you've, you've set Clint's influence, you'd helped you in, in your first church plant. How does that uh, expectations, how did that ex- uh, affect you?
2: Yeah, I think for me, um, Clint was just honest with me. And I think whenever your expectations are skewed, um, you, it may not be what you want, but it's what you need. You need someone to be honest with you, and uh, I can tell you all kinds of crazy stories and occurrences where I've called Clint and uh, told him that I want to, I want to quit and do something else, and he just he listens to that and he's like you could do that but it's really just your expectations are out of whack and so you're trying to escape that rather than face it so
0: could could you think of one expectation that you wouldn't mind sharing that you'd say i expected things to be this way but a year later they were that way or
2: even... yeah i think i think the example that he already gave with attendance you know i think because we were we were planted out of pillar church but we are also a part of elathia family of churches, um, and the people that were a part of Valethea and planting those other locations were gifted in different ways than we are, not in better ways, just different ways. And so they had experienced numerical growth early in in the way that we hadn't, uh, for lots of different reasons, not just gifting, but context was different. And so Clint was able to really help me and encourage me by from a distance coaching me to let me know that my expectations were out of whack and and not that I misheard God and had gone to the wrong place yeah yeah so
0: o- overreacting to disappointment would mm-hmm. be a, would be a, a challenge as well I want to segue a little bit into coaching uh, we don't we've not yet trained our coaches to be aware of expectations or use the expectation worksheet but but uh, I, I, we we want to begin to do that. So I'll, I'll start with Jamie, then I'll go with Clint. But, Jamie, how do you think a coach could help a planter manage his expectations?
2: Well, I think uh, early on in the coaching relationship, just getting a baseline for what he senses and knows that church planters' expectations are. Um, yeah. You can't coach – you know, someone through something that they haven't told you about. I think an example of that, I was coaching a church planner in D.C. Uh, about a year and a half ago, and I had coached him through his summer. You know, we had, our relationship had started in August, and we coached a whole semester th- up through November, December, and then we had started our second semester in January, and I had coached him up through May. And our last conversation in May uh, to end up that first year was about his summer schedule. And I had coached him through the mission teams that were coming to, to visit throughout the summer and, and the things that he wanted to accomplish throughout the summer, both family and, and professionally. And, um, and so then in August, we get up for our second semester of coaching, and I'm asking him what he could celebrate and, and all of that. And then I asked him what his greatest challenges are, and he starts talking about all the things that he didn't accomplish in the summer. And so I immediately asked him. I said, "So was there a different list than what we talked about?" And so I when I asked that question, he immediately was like, "You're right. The things that I'm upset about, I hadn't shared with anybody." And so uh, what that helped me to see as a coach is there are internal expectations that the coach E, the church planter has that they haven't shared with you. And so exploring and asking questions um, is is the tool that we need to use and ask them, Are, are is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Um, and then when they don't share those things and those false expectations come out, then you just have to be uh, helpful and help to reveal those by asking questions and then working through those with them.
0: Yeah, and a little direct communication wouldn't hurt there either. When Absolutely. you see those inconsistencies inside someone, we, we're not trying to mute a coach uh, but we want a coach to be patient and not, not go go in. But when he begins to see the inconsistencies, I think God God wants him to speak right into it and say, bro, you, you're expecting the wrong things here, and it's hurting you. Clint, uh, how would you address that? And how would you advise a coach to help a church planter through expectations?
1: Well, I think just raising the awareness that, that you're about, Jamie said, just helping them identify their expectations, yes. But raising the awareness that – your expectations, um, are, are going to be assaulted, I think prepares them a little bit in, in a way that's really good. I think, uh, uh, Matthew Henry in his, uh, his commentary, I think it's on, uh, on James, James chapter one. He says, he says, uh, the phrase, how, how he asked the question, how much of our worldly happiness lies in the promises that men make to themselves beforehand. Mm, and it's just this, this, uh, it's this idea that it. you know, uh, all of our happiness hangs upon promises we make to ourselves, and we don't let anyone else in on those promises. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is a, that's a powerful idea just to say to guys, Hey, look, you've made some promises to yourself that you haven't told anyone about. And those promises are going to be the worst thing for you over the next couple of years. You've yes. got to let those promises go and you got to know what they are in order to hear somebody else say, those promises are crazy. One one example is, uh, uh, I remember, I remember talking to a church planter and I asked him the question. I, I love getting down to brass tacks with guys now because um, asking the questions that normally would be kind of uncool to ask. Like, I want to ask a guy before he plants his church, how many people do you think will attend your worship service a year from now? Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember asking one church planter, I, I asked the question, uh, what do you think? Give me a, a realistic, optimistic, number that you think of people you'll be able to gather on your core team and he said before launch and and his answer to me was I think we can have 120 and uh and my response to him was okay I've been in Washington DC church planting for uh 15 years and I've known virtually every evangelical church planter in the city uh for that time and I've never entire history known of one church planter to get to even a hundred. So are you telling me you're better than every other church planter that's come to Washington DC in the last 15 years? And he looked at me square faced and said, I'm not saying I'm better than him, but I think I can get 120. And, uh, I remember, uh, just recently, this was like, uh, this is this year looking at a church planner and asking him how much money do you think you can raise, uh, between now and in August. And he said, he looked at me as, 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 honestly and candidly as he could and he said at least a million he said the phrase at least a million and i said dollars at least a million dollars <laughs>
2: yen <laughs> like
1: i do you know that uh, do you know that i have never known a church planner in this city in the entire time i've been working hundreds of church planners ever to raise half a million dollars and he said yeah i know but i have a deep network and he started telling me all the reasons why and it was just helpful for me to, for to look at him and say look you're wrong you are wrong your expectations are wrong and if you hang your happiness on that expectation you are going to be and the truth is that that same planter raised about 40,000 in that time frame mm-hmm. and so he he was he had grossly overestimated his abilities. And uh, th- th- just I can go on and on with stories yeah. like that. And I think it's just helpful to bring them to the surface.
0: Well, and use the word raise awareness. I, I, think, I think it's important to frame some of this up. You know, some of this incredible optimism and even bold faith uh, on one level from church planters is what God uses to get them out there. Uh, the reality is, we don't want them to crash and burn because of those promises they're making to themselves uh, as you, as you refer to Matthew Henry's words. Yeah. I think we've all heard the statement, like
2: most church planners don't quit because uh, the thing that they set out to do didn't happen. It's because it didn't meet their expectations. Yeah, yeah, and That's why this is so important.
1: I, I just, for, for church planners who are, who are getting ready to go into church planning and they're thinking about these things, uh, y- y- if you ask yourself the question, well, um, how does a missionary think when he goes on the mission field? If you just think about the expectations of a missionary when he goes to a to a mission field, you know, we would be crazy to think that 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 uh, that missionary would show up there and that he would have gathered hundreds or that he would have raised lots of money and remember the 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 aim of what we're doing is to gather and win the loss like we have to go with the expectations of a missionary the expectations of a missionary this is going to be super hard this is going to be one of the most painful things I've ever done this is going to be slow and tedious but it's going to be worth it that's what a missionary thinks when he goes to the mission field Church planters are not thinking like that today, and as a result, they're showing up thinking they're going to have the success of, of Matt Chandler or of Rick Warren or of some version of that, and that is, those stories are such an anomaly. They are so small in the percentage of, of church planting stories. That I just think it's it's utterly unhelpful for guys to even think about that and focus on that, and and just think about the fact that all the books you read on church planting are written by guys who were unusually successful. Uh, the the guys that are not that are the average church planting stories they don't get to write books um, and they don't get to be on podcasts. And so you you have to recognize that probably what you're going to experience is way, way below what, what what those things you're reading are. Hopefully not. I don't want to say the Lord can't use you. He absolutely can't, but just, it just, I just didn't want to get off here without saying that sort of thing.
0: An- another good word. And uh, wow, I think a great place to wrap up today, guys, but just some really uh, deeper conversations about the reality of church planting, the reality that a coach is working in, and how can a coach become more valuable as he helps that planter pursue the, the assignment God's given him, uh, being more aware of, of those things that could sabotage, uh, the, the assignment that, that God's given him. So very grateful to both you guys, very appreciative uh, of, of, the uh, value bring, bring this conversation. Uh, if, if you're, if you're, again, if you're a planter under two years, uh, I, I say, uh, look for a coach. Check with uh, d- Even if you're in another denomination, check with denomination leaders, check with other planters. Uh, find yourself a coach that could help you as you pursue what God's asked you to do. So until the next time, uh, keep coaching. You have been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.